0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Squiggly Careers podcast, a weekly podcast where we share ideas for actions and tools to try out that we hope will help you. And it always helps us to navigate your squiggly career with more confidence, clarity, and control. And this week we're going to be talking about how to stand out with senior people. But before we get started, we wanted to let you know, if you don't already know, that we have a special offer, Sarah, that sounds strange, a special (laughs) offer. We've got a good thing to tell you about a freebie. So
1: before we dive in, quick reminder, if you want a free copy of the Squiggly Career video book, we've got one available for every podcast listener. We'll put all the details in the show notes and all of our socials, but you just need to go to litvideobooks.com com forward slash the hyphen squiggly hyphen career catchy and when you go to buy and you kind of create your account the code is squiggly careers podcast all in capitals that bit is quite quite easy and once you've got the squiggly career video book you can download it you can watch it on websites or mobile apps so hopefully it could be quite helpful if you're commuting and we would also love to know what you think of this new format of development and learning It's about 50 minutes long. You can watch it in short snippets. There's a workbook you can download. You can see an animated version of uh, me and Helen, if that's something that you (laughs) you find interesting. (laughs) But you can also hear things like squiggly career stories from people across the world who've had squiggly careers, something that we couldn't include in the book. As well as just lots of kind of very practical hints and tips, which is probably what you'd expect from us. Make the most of it while it's there. I think we've got one more week of being able to offer it. And then I guess you have to pay for it again.
0: So brilliant. And, and if you have read the book, I think it goes really well alongside the book because it's obviously it's more visual because it's a video, but it's also quite a nice reminder of some of the key points and concepts, too. So as I said this week we're talking about how to stand out with senior people and even though organizations are becoming less hierarchical senior people still have a significant impact on your development and there are often lots of issues or concerns or fears that can get in the way of people building the relationships that can really help them with their development.
1: I also think you have the added complexity for most people now that we're working in a more hybrid way. I know that won't be true for everyone listening, but it feels like we have to sort of relearn again what it looks like to maybe engage with some of our senior stakeholders, because perhaps previously they were just sort of there and you could learn a bit more by osmosis. I was always quite good at that. Actually, in big organisations, I was quite good at watching and learning and just sort of figuring out What do they do well and what matters to them and what has impact almost without directly necessarily always talking to them. But also you can't have those maybe quick chats while you're grabbing a coffee or in the lift or in those in-between moments. And I have to say, I was always absolutely rubbish at that. I would literally just be silent
0: i'd be in a lift i'm sure i'm sure you were but i would just be in
1: a lift being like i feel really awkward i've got nothing interesting to say i
0: I think i sort of over rely on informality to build my relationships and so the challenge for me like if i was still in corporate life at microsoft the challenge for me would be how do i find those points of connection when i'm not meeting somebody in person and that virtual thing so i i can understand why that would feel difficult for people and so
1: Senior people in our organisations, they do have a lot to offer. And I think it's helpful for us to think about the why. Like, why does this feel useful? Well, we know that sponsorship makes a real difference in our squiggly careers. Because when we have sponsors, those people spot and promote opportunities and options for us. So that's always helpful. I always think senior people can see things that we can't see. So they help to bring you possibilities that perhaps you would find it harder to see or imagine for yourself. You do generally want support for the work you're doing, maybe for your projects. You might need some senior support, particularly for a piece of work. Decisions, it's quite rare that we can make all of our decisions by ourselves. We want people to have high levels of accountability because we know that's really motivating. We definitely don't want to be micromanaged by our senior people. But often there is a point when we're working on things when we sort of need to know, what do you want me to prioritise? Or we're trying to figure out a way forward. You might be presenting recommendations, but you do sort of need sign off of some description. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of jobs where I need sign off for things. So that feels very familiar for me time is always a challenging one i was doing a workshop the other week and i was asking somebody about their very small successes they said to me i oh, was getting time in the diary of a particular person and that's because everybody is busy but with senior people they are often pulled in lots of different directions and there are loads of demands on their time and it's not that they're any more important than us or their time is any more important it's just they've probably got lots and lots of requests on their time so you're sort of trying to go well How do I engage? How do I communicate with these people in a way that has impact? And they're a brilliant source of learning. When I was sort of thinking about this and I was like, why have senior people mattered to me in my career? It's because I want to learn from them. They've got experiences and expertise that I hadn't got, that I wanted to gain. I wanted to get their perspective. We talk a lot about borrowing brilliance. I was like, I want to surround myself with some of these people because they've had really fascinating squiggly careers. And I don't necessarily want to sort of be them when I grow up, because I think you make that mistake sometimes of thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, I should try and be that person. I think we need to let go of that because we just want to be brilliant versions of ourselves. But I also don't want to be naive enough to think, oh, I've got loads of learn from those people. So you sort of surrounding yourself, certainly with the right senior people, gives you an opportunity to get better, to continually improve, to really challenge yourself, to explore your potential.
0: And I think it's a skill to think about how you stand out with senior people, because what you want from them will change over time. You know, in some roles, you might be like, I've just, I just need someone to help me make a decision. And that's why I need yeah. you. And then you might be a different sort of point in time in your squiggly career when you're like, oh, this is now all about learning for me. Yeah. And so the skill, I think, is to sort of spot what you need and then be able to stand out with the senior people so that you that you get it. And we thought we would ask some senior people in our yeah, community. Who what... suddenly got a lot of WhatsApps from both of us going,
1: oh, we're doing this podcast. And you can see them being like, oh, great, God, great. <laughs> this is what we need from you senior people. Advice for our podcast.
0: So we asked them like, what works for you when you've got people in your business that want your time or your decisions, all that kind of stuff. What makes you want to help them and support them and enable them? And there were a few themes that came through. So this is what the senior people say. What they want is for us all to be vulnerable, ask for help, which actually also plays to their ego because if you ask for help in a clear and confident way then it helps them to feel that they've you know got something of value to give to you so that's quite useful to stand for something so if you're going to stand out be really clear about what you stand for and that doesn't have to be something in work either that might be something you're really passionate about that you do outside of work but that helps you almost to just be a bit more distinctive to them The third was to speak with clarity and to be succinct. So these people are probably just like you, back to back meetings all the time, a little bit short, lots of emails, lots of people want these senior people. So if you are waffly and you don't get to the point, it can feel quite frustrating for them. So if you are clear and succinct, that is useful. And then the fourth thing that we got back was connecting with their out-of-work identity. If you want to build that connection with somebody, it doesn't have to just be about a project because that could feel quite transactional to that person. But if there's something, maybe you both support the same team outside of work or, I mean... I don't know anything about football so I can't really take that much further that would I be a wonder rubbish you idea were gonna take that was I was like what she she trying, trying to say team? is she going to try and there talk about these, some sports there are these football teams <laughs> honestly I hear my husband and my little boy talking about because he's really curious about football talking about all the different leagues and I'm like I'm lost with this <laughs> I'm very <laughs> lost so yeah pick something that you know about by the way don't try and get into their world if you have no idea about it but if you can find that point of connection it means you can have slightly different discussions that can sort of go around the work that you're trying to do which can be really useful to to build better relationships with people
1: well quite a few of the people that I
0: asked sort of started with well remember that we're human
1: too (laughs) and I was like oh no no I do I I know that I know that you're an individual sometimes I think we do forget that they still have just because you're really senior you still make mistakes things feel really hard things can feel really overwhelming all of those challenges the knotty moments that you're having in your squiggly careers they've had them too or might be having them too and sometimes i think we do forget that because perhaps we only see them in what can feel like quite shiny moments mm. you know so we we sort of see them maybe at their very professional senior best presenting or running something with lots of clarity and they're facilitating and they're leading really well or not you know not everyone is brilliant at it but then that can make them quite intimidating and it can, i think it can make them feel quite far out of reach and then it creates some of that fear and some of the barriers that we were talking about so loads of people just kept back to me initially then they got very practical <laughs> then they were like right I need do to, these to three things on the podcast. Um, I need to do... but, but be human first and foremost
0: it was quite it was quite interesting how many people said that to me i think if i worked in an organization where you were a senior person i would try to connect with you either on coffee or curiosity (laughs) which is very specific how about a curiosity coffee (laughs) I mean bring them both together but but because you love coffee so I might be like oh I tried this great new coffee place or something like that so I that would be like an out of work way and then curiosity because you are curious I know that oh if I'd been to an event or I'd read a book or I'd seen something that you might find stimulating me kind of practically sharing that with you would be a way that I would build better relationship with you
1: Not sure what I'd do with you. The way you were like, you were like, I've obviously really thought about this. I think sometimes it can feel quite hard because, as as you were describing that, then I was thinking, oh, we're very different. So if I was working for you, I think I might be like, oh, okay, but Helen's really sociable and she's very extrovert and she probably loves a lift chat, but I don't like any of those things. (laughs) So you know, like, I think you've got to be really careful because this, if this feels either manipulative or Mm. inauthentic it is never going to work for you so I think I would be more in the right so what does Helen value in work she values making progress fast she values pace she wants people who she can trust to get on with stuff and make stuff happen you're like you're a make it happen person so I think I would want to become your go to person who you'd be like well Sarah always makes it happen yeah I know that she'll do what she says she's going to do so no say do gap and she does what she does really well and i can trust her to deliver and do you know what she always adds some extra sparkle or value belong <laughs> beyond sparkle yeah beyond the like day-to-day delivery because yeah. i think day-to-day delivery would get you excited you'd be like yeah great that's what i want but i know that the thing that i can add is sort of the thoughtfulness or the curiosity that you described so i'd sort of I would sort of play to what I think you would value and then I would sort of want to show you some of my other stuff. That's that's what I would do. I, that's what it would be like if I yeah. were a senior. <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't
0: talk to you in the lift still. <laughs> So we've got 10 ideas for action so that you can go away from today. You can spot that senior person that you might want to build a better relationship with and you can do something so that you stand out. And we're just going to take them in turn and we will type them all up for you and put them in the pod sheet, which you can always get from our website, amazingif.com. And we put it on social as well. So follow us at amazingif on LinkedIn or Instagram and you'll find it. But hopefully that will give you a good summary of what we're going to talk about now. And what we're not
1: suggesting is this is a 10 part tick list and you need to do all of these 10 things <laughs> uh, to have a positive impact and to stand out with senior people. I think as you're listening, connect the dots between what do you need at the moment from senior people. So is it really practical, like decisions and sign off or is it more about career possibilities? And then as we go through, also think which ones feel right for me and feel relevant so they feel like okay this is something i could go away and do so what do you need and what could you do and then almost come up with your own priority list of probably two or three things that you think are going to help you to stand out even more with senior people
0: so idea for action, number one, is to find their filters. And this is a build on, really, from what Sarah and I just started to talk about a little bit. It is always worth taking the time to understand the lens that someone is looking through when they're at work. So as Sarah said, if it's if it's me, I'm like, do it fast, get it done. And if it's Sarah, it's more like sort of do it different because Sarah doesn't always want to do the same things. She values variety. And do it right there's <laughs> like a there's like an accuracy element that's really important to Sarah but if you understand someone's filter it's far easier to find points to connect with them on and the way I think you find people's filters like do a lot of listening and actually just do a lot of observing in the next zoom meeting that you're in when that person is talking like what statements do they say what kind of words if you listen to me I'm very like when do we need to get it done by who's doing it are we clear let's move on like you will hear my filter in the language that i use and i can see sarah's i can see her kind of considered i can see the questions i can see that it might be even better if would be some of the language that i would hear from sarah and i would just see her pausing to think how we could improve things so just try and spot in meetings in conversations what people say and what you see and that can help you define the filters so idea for action number two
1: Ask yourself the question: What do I think? So, as we move away from a world of command and control, where you just did what you were told in the way that you were told to do it, senior people are looking to you to have a point of view, to have an opinion. I think it took me a long time to learn this. I don't think I had an opinion for ages. <laughs> I think, but I think I was very good at doing what I was told. Yeah. Um, and I think you sort of learned that. And. It took me a little while to sort of rediscover, like having a perspective and that feeling okay. And then once I'd learned to do that, I then had to learn, well, if a senior person then disagrees with you. So I was then finally putting my opinions out there. And then sometimes people would be like, oh, I don't agree," And I'd be like, oh, this is a disaster. This is going to be the end of my career. But disagreement doesn't mean you've done a bad job. It just shows that you're prepared to give a point of view, but then you're really open to listening and learning. And I have hardly ever seen senior people, certainly not the really brilliant ones, they don't judge you for that might not be the way you take things forward. You might have suggested plan A and you go with plan D for some really good reasons. Actually, what they really appreciate is well, this person has been thoughtful. This person isn't being passive and they're not expecting me to do all the hard work for them. This was a really common theme as well in lots of the WhatsApps I got back. People were like, I want people to have a point of view Mm -hmm. like come with a recommendation you know the whole like don't just come with a problem thing but also this is also a bit of like standing for something isn't it knowing what you
0: think shows that you've you stand for something idea for action number three is to follow up with focus So if you've been in a meeting, I think a lot of people focus on how they can be visible in that moment and what do they say and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes people just say things for saying things sake so that they, they get heard. But actually, that's just annoying. Don't don't do that tactic. I mean, speak if you've got something valuable to add, but otherwise I think it's better to follow up with focus, which is where after the meeting you might get in touch with that manager, that senior person and say, oh, I've reflected on what you said and I thought this might be of interest to you or I've reflected on what you said and I'm now going to take this action as a result. I wanted to let you know, whatever it is, but it's that I've continued to think about this thing we were discussing or the thing that you shared has had this impact on me afterwards and that you've got a really clear follow-up. Again, don't do this for doing its sake. Like if every time you're in a meeting with that person, you send a really long email to them, it's going to get really irritating. So it's only if it is of value to contribute a follow-up to that person but it's just really helpful for them to realize oh that person's still thinking like if someone did that to me after a session or something that we've done I would think oh I've that was worth my time doing that in that meeting because that particular individual has taken my words further and it's sort of informed their work and that's why I do what I do. So that's what you're reinforcing. Do you know, so
1: somebody did this for me today. Um, I'm not their senior person to be clear, but let's imagine I was for a second. They had listened to our podcast about AI and how it might affect careers and career development. Then they had spotted an article about AI in particular to do with coaching. And they sent me a message saying, oh, just following up from the podcast, I thought you then might be interested to read this and then sent me the article. And it felt so specific and useful that it's really memorable in my mind. And so that person really stands out as a result. Now, yeah, I've no impact necessarily. <laughs> but, you know, I might be able to influence yeah. and I might have some connections that could be helpful for that person. Those things are probably true. And I was like, that is following up with focus. Perfect. Idea for action four, what's most important now? So we have stolen this from Liz Wiseman because I've just interviewed her for an (laughs) Ask the Expert episode that is coming up in a couple of weeks time, which is brilliant. She was really good. I do think her book, which is about high impact players, is, is very, very good. And one of the things that she talks about is the people who have the most impact in organizations are very good at understanding and asking very explicitly senior people what is most important now so they test their assumptions you know sometimes you think oh well surely this project is the most important thing now or actually this is the thing that we need to do first they don't second guess they stress test with senior people this is what I think is most important now I am just going to do that sense check just to make sure we've got that shared sense of expectations in terms of what to do in what order and it just shows that you're being proactive. You're usually making a suggestion, but often senior people might be having conversations that you're not part of, or they might be able to anticipate things that you just don't know are happening. And I, when I think back to my corporate days in particular, I can remember times where I got this wrong because I sort of assumed I was on the right track, but mm-hmm. didn't sort of stop along the way to just sort of do that check-in of like, well, for everything I'm working on, this is sort of what I think is most important in this order. But also you're doing that classic thing of involving rather than feeling like you have to solve it all yourself. I've already used what's most important now in about three or four different contexts, in different workshops, in different conversations. I just feel like it's one of those easy
0: and simple asks that can make a really big difference I'm very on board with this I really like I think I would have really appreciated some people doing that to me I would have mm. appreciated being involved even if it was my decision to then say no you, I don't need to be involved I would have appreciated that ask and also I just I think it's quite a confident thing mm. but it, it show, I would respect the confidence that it would take for someone to say yeah this is what I'm on but I just want to check that this is what's most important now also I think some senior people won't know the answer to that
1: question <laughs> um, and I think that's okay because I think you can do it in a sort of kind way you're not trying to put a senior person on the spot here or to try and catch them out but i'm thinking there are times when our team might ask me this and i might just think i'm not sure or i've not i've not thought about that's that a enough, good question but that's a good question yeah. all i'm then going to think is that's a good question let's try and kind of figure it out i'm never then going to think oh well i feel bad now as a senior person yeah so you might sometimes find that happens but i think that is okay i think if anything that just gives you a bit more kudos
0: Idea for action number five is to influence the influencers. It's <laughs> very <So laughs> you action. I know I, I, I can tell you wrote this one, I was like, I've, you do that one. Well, no, I was just about to say this. I was like, I don't I don't think of the 10 action Sarah would do this, but I would definitely think about this. So obviously everybody has A community around them in their career and some people's are bigger than others and in an organization you'll have your senior person and then they will have some people that they talk to and trust and spend more time with and yes you can directly influence senior person but if you indirectly try to connect and influence the people that they respect it can kind of support your credibility it's likely you might be getting talked about positively when you're not in the room even if the senior person mentions your name and says oh did you know about sarah ellis doing this somebody else is more likely to say yeah I've seen it actually I've been working with Sarah on the project and she's been really really good so I would map if you were almost going to put a triangle around your senior person who are the three people who have the most influence over them that they trust and they spend time with B and how could you spend more time with those people again incredible ways like on projects and contributing and helping them to solve problems and support their priorities all that stuff so it still needs to be very real but that can really reinforce that relationship that you're trying to build with the senior senior person
1: i think i did do this sometimes by accident rather than design (laughs) particularly actually sometimes i can remember a few examples externally where i didn't know who knew who and you know like everyone knows everyone basically like most industries are really quite small and i do think as people get more senior there are obviously just fewer of those people and it's amazing everyone just seems to know everyone and i started to realize that as i became more senior that sometimes someone would have been out the night before and they would have met somebody that I knew, they would have said, oh, I know Sarah in Sainsbury's, who works in like, you know, we love her or whatever, they would have said. So hopefully something a bit more specific than that. (laughs) But then those people would sometimes come back and tell me. And I would think, oh, that's that's helpful. And honestly, you could see that I went up in people's estimations because of that. Because often those people don't work with you that often, but they're like, oh, okay, she's sort of having an impact as well. Her influence kind of goes beyond and it gives you
0: a bit of a starting point Mm. to kind of build on. So... I do think it works (laughs) but I I basically worked out in most of the large companies that I was in they would have at least sort of twice a year they'd be having a discussion about people's development so you'd have the leadership team or the executive leadership team or whatever and they'd be talking about you and what you're doing and where you're going and all that kind of stuff because it's part of most big companies performance management review processes and how they talk about promotions and progression and so I was I just remember thinking okay well my managers in that room and when that my manager puts me forward for a project or a position or a promotion or whatever it is I need two or three people in that room to endorse that and so I need to think about I can see who the leadership team is I know who they are who can I get close to in there and I wouldn't be able to get close to all of them because I wouldn't have a relevant point of connection with some of the people in the room but with two or three I could either because of a project or a passion or something and that could support a discussion so I just got very tactical about leadership teams and who was on them and where my points of connection were.
1: Yeah, and I guess you can get too focused sometimes on one senior person, and this stops you from doing that. You know, you can get a bit too fixated Mm. on maybe your director or a particular director. And this is about remembering it's usually about more than one person. Mm -hmm. So idea for action number six, and I really like this one, is resist the pressure to be on present mode And I think I learned this the hard way because when you are presenting to senior people, whether that's on a zoom or in a room or a bit of both, you might end up a lot of the time now having different people in different places. I would get very focused on what I needed to say. So what are the points that I'm trying to communicate? I'm a very planned person. I like to be organized and I would have really thought about that. You know, I would have really kind of invested quite a lot of time into this is what I'm trying to say. Then what I started to realise is, what senior people want is to have a conversation. And I was really on sort of tell mode. I was like, well, I've got my 10 slides. I'm gonna talk you through these 10 slides if it kills me, cause I've put a load of effort into them. And you sort of have to let go of that as a bit of a sunk cost of often going into those meetings. You might still have to do the 10 slides, but I think you have real confidence if you go in and think, well, the three points that need to be on slide one are the ones that you do need everybody there to know but actually what about using those three points to frame the discussion and so what do you actually need from that conversation are you looking for people's ideas are you looking for general input about something to do with the process are you presenting something so you can get a decision a yes no maybe decision so what is it you need like why are you turning up to do that presentation and how can you make it a conversation people enjoy it way more if it's a conversation. And also if you put yourself in their shoes, of course you enjoy it more because you're not just sort of sitting there being presented at, which feels quite formal and also risks feeling like something someone could have just read. It's like, well, if you're literally just gonna talk me through some slides, I could have read them and told you whether I agree or not. So try and think what is the point of you being in that room? And if you can ask some smart questions and include people
0: in those conversations, I think you have way more impact. I definitely did that wrong earlier in my yes, career, like I, because I wanted—I think I wanted to be shiny. I mean, I mm. even if I didn't think that to myself, I was—I wanted to impress them with my hard work, and i probably just bored them. <laughs> by trying yeah, to,
1: like, I think that. I think they
0: probably like humoured me.
1: Yeah, you know, just like nodded and, and smiled. We've oh, we seen this before. And like, yeah. Oh, she's sort of—you know—she's trying, trying hard. really hard. You <laughs> <laughs> probably know that you're trying. We need to hard. give Helen
0: ten minutes. Yeah, so, like, that kind of. Yeah, and it's obviously very important
1: it's very to her. Very important
0: to her. And was like right? Should we get on with what we actually need to talk about now after you've left the room? Oh my god! Well, I think
1: I then started to be in rooms where, particularly in retail, where retail is pretty direct and to the point. There's no t- like no time wasting. Yeah. Where I would go in, and senior people would have read the presentation beforehand because maybe you had to submit it. And so I would sometimes walk into those rooms, and people would say to me, um, "Right, Sarah, we've read it and we agree. So talk to us about what we need to do to make it happen." Or, okay, so we've read it. We're not sure about dot, dot, dot. And it was straight into the conversation. And so it stopped being about presenting and it started being much more about discussion. And also I had people stop me. Mm. As I got a bit more senior, I had people go, yes, Sarah, we get it.
0: Let's talk about... And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I've gone on too long. Yeah. I, I always think it's funny. Well, you know, if you're invited to present in like a senior meeting that's a massive deal you're 10 15 minutes or well, however long you've got is a massive deal to you however they've probably had a day of this so mm. I often used to think about like what energy am I bringing to this meeting and it, it can depend on what time like if it's a yeah. nine to four meeting and you're and on and first you're the thing three o'clock or yeah you've got to work out where you are at three o'clock they are a bit bored they're a bit yeah. tired they're worried about what all the stuff they've got to do so you want to almost think about what energy am I contributing to the room, like what do these people need from me, not just in terms of knowledge but in terms of energy and so you can think about that as a, as a factor of it too
1: I do remember once interviewing for a non-exec role that I didn't get and I knew I was the last interviewer of the day and they like, honestly at the end, and it was at that point I thought, maybe they're not gonna offer it to me, but they said we've really enjoyed that. You brought so much energy, Sarah, like it's been a brilliant end to the day. And I thought, well do you know what? I've nothing like I think they genuinely enjoyed the experience of interviewing me because I remember thinking I've got to bring some extra energy and some enthusiasm here. They've been sitting in this room all day and I did do a good job of that.
0: I I think think if you can be the fresh air in a long meeting, you've done a good job. (laughs) People will really want you to come back and they'll be like, oh yeah, bring the fresh air back. So idea for action number seven is to own your identity Outside of work. So, this can be really interesting. There's a, what is it? If you are interesting, people will be more interested in yes. you. It's that point. And, and we're all interesting. We're right? all interesting. And that might be because you've got, I don't know, you've got a new baby, or it might be because you play golf or something or that you, there's something you're passionate about that you spend time doing so Sarah's laughing at me because well, I'm clutching at golf straws yeah. <laughs> well I don't play golf I like, just talk about something you actually know about <laughs> I felt like you're trying to make up a sport then and I'm just trying to be like and well, I just talk about work all the time <laughs> the most interesting thing I do outside of work is talk about work I you know, talked but... to me a
1: bit about your cat today which I'm also not very interested in yeah, yeah. I'm allergic yeah, like, to I'm not much. trying
0: to influence you I wouldn't talk to you about Coco <laughs> but maybe I'd talk about yeah. <laughs> i mean i probably wouldn't talk to a senior person about shoes but whatever it is you're passionate about outside of work think about how can you bring that identity into your work so it might be communities you're part of genuinely i would talk about some of the communities i'm part of and and how much i enjoy spending time with them or you know it might have been oh, i do a podcast outside of work definitely at microsoft the fact that i had a side project made me much more interesting it definitely raised an eyebrow like a hmm and then it'd be like what is that what do you actually do and, and that it would it would sort of start a conversation that i wouldn't have had and then. Create a connection that went sort of beyond of it because they would say, oh, Helen, how's that podcast going? And it's not just about a project. It's something that's slightly more, slightly more personal.
1: At Amazing if on a Friday, we always do win of the week. So we use Microsoft Teams and someone just goes in and starts the kind of trail of everybody just sharing their wins. And that's actually a really good way of people owning their identity outside of work because not always, but sometimes people's wins come from their personal life. And so when I'm thinking about a couple of in our team, I definitely know more about their personal life because they share their wins Mm. that they choose to share and also that creates a different sense of connection between me and that person like we've got someone in our team who has helped loads of kids to learn some circus skills for charity (laughs) and that is as random and left field as it sounds but also as brilliant as it sounds and you sort of go I wasn't expecting or anticipating that and it's like amazing it's really interesting we've got someone else in our team who started a food larder like a food bank before COVID and has just done sort of a celebration for all of her volunteers three years on and so again I go well that's so interesting you know back to being human I suppose and people getting the opportunity to sort of see all of who you are it's not about forcing a connection when a connection's not there like I know nothing about circus skills (laughs) I know a bit more about food banks actually from my Sainsbury's days but it's amazing how by finding those things you think oh I do know a bit about food banks and it just means that you don't have to keep things like that separate because also senior people will also have you know other things that they want to talk about too often if there's any opportunities I think to create moments where we can share those things then it doesn't feel as forced because we're sort of all doing it.
0: No one ever shares anything about golf,
1: funnily enough. I might need to leave that
0: one. (laughs) No.
1: Idea for action number eight is about quality questions. I think it can be really helpful to have some go-to open questions that are designed to make sure that when you are talking to senior stakeholders, when you're working with senior stakeholders on projects, you're sort of managing expectations, you're maybe matching expectations... But also, I think with quality questions for senior people, make sure you know what you think the answer is, too, if Mm. if that makes sense. So we sort of go a bit further here than just asking a quality question. So they could sound like, you know, if Helen was my um, senior person right now, I might say to Helen, so it'd be useful to understand what does success look and feel like for you at the end of this project or over the next few months? What are the challenges that you could anticipate might get in our way during this project? And maybe a really practical one how would you like me to keep you updated as we work together on this outcome or on this project? Some of those are kind of more about like bigger principles. Some of those are about the practicalities. But I was always quite, this was one of the things I was quite good at. And what was always quite interesting here is you're giving senior people some sort of choices and control. So that's when Helen says to me, well, actually initially I'd really like a weekly update with three bullet points you think I need to know. And I think, great, well, I can do that. I can do a really good job of that. But maybe I had thought what she wanted was a weekly phone call or a bit more of an essay or, oh, we should meet every week. And you're just almost together coming up with what is it that we're trying to achieve here? You're essentially doing a bit of sort of senior level project planning. But I think sometimes we forget to ask these questions and then actually it can create misunderstandings. Or people might think that you're not as good as you actually are just because you thought that success was A, and actually for them, success was C. And you've just not had those open conversations. So I think any chance you have to ask these quality questions, but have your own point of view ready to go too, because that just makes you look even better. Because some senior people who I know, if I said to them, well, what do you think success would look like for this project? They'd be like, so what do you think success <laughs> yeah. would be, Sarah? And I'm like, I've worked for those people. Um, <laughs> and to be fair, they're probably only trying to do that thing of going, oh well, you know, this this is you, and we want to sort of develop you and your project. So great if they ask it back, have a really good answer, just make yourself look really good. But you know, they might have a point of view that is different to yours, and then that's really kind of helpful to know. Think about as long as they're open questions, so who, what, why, where, when, how it invites discussion Um, it's a sort of an invitation to together start to sort of solve and
0: come up with solutions idea for action number nine is to make the ask so what we mean here is let's say there's something you want for you in your development so if I give a situation for me in the past I have asked for funding before for my learning I've asked for an organization to support my MBA for example there is something in approaching a senior person and both of my situations were in meetings and making the ask. So you're, you're kind of pitching for something and I prepared for it. And so I would positioned it, this is what I'm asking for and this is why I'm asking for it. And this is what value I think I'll bring to the business because of it. So I I definitely got a strong pitch to support my ask. But then what happens is you may, you may get that thing. Okay, that person may be like, really great. Yes, we'll sort that out. I have been in scenarios when I haven't got what I've asked for, But I've built a better relationship with that senior person because of it. Because what they've seen is that I was ambitious in in making that ask. What they've seen is that I was considered because I was looking at it not just from my perspective, but also from the company's perspective. They've also seen that I was quite mature, that I was able to sort of accept a decision and not then become you know really defeatist or sort of emotional about it but actually appreciate a different person's perspective so making the ask sometimes you get what you want sometimes you don't but actually the benefit is in that person seeing your ambition in that moment
1: well it shows you're being really proactive about progression and progression in all of its forms so you're sort of really trying to take ownership and then making those asks where you sort of go well I know I can't make all of this happen for myself And also I think how you then manage, if you want to call it the rejection, Mm. but like the basically someone saying no or not now or not yet. If you actually manage that really well, that really sticks. I've had that feedback before where people have said, you know, like going through restructures and maybe like I didn't get a job that I wanted. Oh, I was so impressed with how you managed that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I was absolutely gutted, you know, like because obviously you are gutted, but you're trying to be pragmatic and grown up and think well, what can I learn and like well, what else and what are my other options? But I think those things really stay with people and they can feel hard at the time. But you know, you've made an ask. It's not worked out. It's not the end of the world, mm. essentially. And if you can have that ability to just to zoom out, it to your point about maturity, I think it just makes people feel reassured that you're like oh, okay, well, they're not going to get really defensive oh, they've got probably more capability than maybe I even gave them credit for. And then I think sometimes, like you say, even better stuff comes along. Yeah. So idea for action number 10 is to be consistent. Consistency is a shortcut to trust. And this is that point where with senior people, they want to sort of have that sense of they do what they say they're going to do. And also being consistent doesn't always mean about sort of the quality of your work. Because what we don't want this to feel like is, oh, you can never fail or you can never make mistakes because none of us are that good. But I think, ask yourself the question, what do I consistently show up with? So I was thinking, well, I sort of consistently show up with optimism and enthusiasm. They're sort of personality traits. But, you know, that is how people would see me. And like with Helen, it'd be like, well, she consistently shows up with energy and the ability to make things happen. Oh, well, that person consistently always contributes really positively to team meetings like I think what are you going to do consistently that doesn't need Consistent to be well yes <laughs> yeah 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 don't be consistently bad or something just To be clear, yeah and I think that doesn't have to be a really long list I actually think we probably only do a couple of things very consistently but that's how you start to build your reputation ripples which we've talked about before and that's also how you start to become the go-to person and also it's when you know even just stuff like when people see your name on an agenda for a meeting, how does it make them feel? Mm. Like, you know, do they feel like, I always think with me, They at least they always knew, I was like, I'm going to turn up with optimism and enthusiasm. I'm going to smile. So they can choose not to smile, but they are going to get like a smiling, caring, committed Sarah who clearly like wants things to work well. Like I always really cared. Never the smartest person in the room, but I care and I commit, I commit to things. And I do say what I'm going to do and go away and do it. And I sort of go, if it's just that, but you do that a lot, like that just starts to, you know, like that repetitive behaviour, you sort of might only be a chink initially, and then it goes into a bit of a bigger hole. And then actually that just becomes what people think about you and what they say about you when you're not in the room.
0: I think when I was, if I go think about Microsoft, I think I was consistently kind of pretty polished. So if I was in a meeting, I mean, mean in terms of how I sort of presented and communicated rather than how I looked, but I think that would give them confidence if they were having some people over from the us for example and they were thinking oh who could we sort of trust to present to them i think they would be like oh well, let's use helen tupper because she's gonna make us look good basically she's gonna we're we're gonna she's always polished she's always kind of prepared and therefore we'll put her in front of them so i think your question like what do people think about when they see your name on an agenda is actually a really nice way of um thinking about that consistency and what you could do more more of it
1: And then uh, we know we've done 10. (laughs) Sarah couldn't let this
0: one go. It's really important. I can't
1: let this go. And it's a really small thing. Um, So it's not an idea for action, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Short emails are a winner. Nobody wants to read an essay for an email. And I think sometimes people fall into the trap with senior people of thinking, I need to show all of my workings. I need to explain everything. I perhaps need to show how smart I am. You are doing your best to have a really positive impact so i do think long emails often come from positive intent but i think the impact gets lost along the way imagine how many emails they have to read and think about what the purpose of an email is if something is genuinely longer and more complicated really try to think about an alternative to an email could you summarize it in one page on a powerpoint could you do a project on a page in word i don't know could you talk about it in a team meeting Whenever I have sort of worked very closely with like CEOs, like very, very senior people, they're incredible in terms of their capacity and keeping on top of things, but being short and succinct and simple in what you're writing, like people really, really appreciate it. So like, if you need them to make a decision, if you can say it in one sentence, say it in one sentence, none of them are gonna be going, oh, I wish Sarah just described it a little <laughs> bit more to me. Um, you know, like sort of make their life easy yeah. because then everyone's life is, is a bit easier. So I couldn't not include it, partly because a couple people said it to me. And also I think I have made this mistake before of like being too descriptive and not being concise and of not having that clarity. And then as I sort of got a bit more sophisticated and a bit smarter, I got a lot better at this and a lot better at writing. So don't be afraid to edit your own work.
0: So that is an exclusive idea for action that I'm not going to put on the pod sheet because I'm only going to have room to put 10 it's ideas really, for really, really didn't want me to talk about it, but I, I decided it was too important. It is very important, but it, you know, it won't make the pod sheet. But if you do want the other 10 summarised <laughs> for you in a succinct way, uh, then you'll get it from the pod sheet. As we said at the start, you can get that from our website, amazingif.com, or if you ever can't find any of our resources, just email us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycreers.com.
1: So thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye, everyone.